Ryan. But it was just so funny. He said, wake him up. Okay. And he slapped him across the face. And I'll tell you one thing, Ryan didn't fall asleep in church anymore after that. He was close, but he, he had learned his lesson. Um, <laughs> uh, today, I was, um, well, what I wanted to preach about today, I was really uh, spending a lot of time in prayer and uh, really, you know, you know, what is God trying to press upon my heart of what I wanted to preach about? And, um, you know, we were at youth camp, which a couple of us went. These guys were here. My friends from Delaware and uh, Pittsburgh and some other friends went. And, um, you know, I was really, really praying. You know, I said, God, speak to me. You know, what, what do you want me to preach about this week? And um, I was just flipping through my Bible. And I really felt like God was saying he wanted me to preach um, from Second Peter chapter 1. If you guys would like to turn there, um, this kind of fits in uh, with the title of my sermon, The Power, the Call, and How to Dance in It. So first, I, w- I wanted to speak upon the power, you know, the, the power of Christ. So if you guys would turn with me to Second Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 1, as I get myself prepared and ready up here. Excuse me for one second. Find it here. is. Okay, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now, I, I wanted to challenge myself a little bit with this sermon, because usually, uh, I, know, I know pastors, uh, you, you see different, different styles of preaching. You'd be your, um, your topical preacher, someone that takes a topic and finds different, different parts in, in, in the Bible and how it relates into the topic that he wants to speak about. Um, usually that's what I do, but for me, I've never really taken the text and examined it and really broke it apart, and then, you know, tell it from that angle. And uh, this is, just starting with, with verse 1 and verse 2, it says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, th- this is Peter speaking here to the people of, it will be modern-day Turkey, and um, it, it, I, was, I, I was looking at it and trying to figure out, you know, what, what is Peter, what, where, where is he getting these motives from and where he's, he's speaking from in this text? And um, if you turn to, we well, don't have to turn with me, but John 21 verses, I think it's 18 and 19, um, Jesus is speaking with Peter. And Jesus asks Peter three times, he says, He's just like that. Um, and Jesus asks Peter, and he says, you know, will you, will you tend to my flock? Will you keep my sheep in good care? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I will. And he says again, he said, Peter, will you tend to my flock? Will you care for my sheep? And he says, yes, Lord, I, I will. And he said the third time, Peter, will you tend to my flock and take care of my sheep? At that point, Peter was, was kind of down. He said, my Lord, why are you questioning me this? I, I said this two times already. And the Lord said, I know that you will tend to my sheep and, and care for my flock. He said, but you will die a death living for me in doing that. And Peter is speaking here, and he is saying, he's writing this from he knows that his death, that he would die for Christ, is coming near. And he's writing in that, and what, what his goal here is to explain to the people of modern-day Turkey is that be sure of the power and the calling that God has upon your life. And that, that's what he's, 
you know, he's trying to encourage them in their faith in Christ, and that's where he's kind of getting his motives from here. So we'll go to um, verse 3 and kind of get into where um, it talks about the power of Christ. And starting with verse 3 and 4, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, um, I just want to stop there and and look at this um, portion of text. I'll read from the message, and it kind of explains what, what Peter is trying to say here. He says, Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we, were at, we ever receive. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turn your back on a world corrupted by lust. Now, Peter is trying to say here, when we are filled with the power of Christ, we are given everything that we need to live a godly life. But this can only be determined by having knowledge of Christ and getting to know God personally, and like we were talking in Sunday school, getting to know the character of God. It's kind of like how, I'm not trying to bash on us men, but how when we're given a task to put something together, we're always, we never use the instructions, right? We always, who needs instructions? Because we're, we're all knowledgeable and we can do it ourselves. Well, that's what Peter's trying to say here is that you can't live a godly life without getting to know the scripture and what, what God's character is. There's no way we, can, we would know how to live a godly life without, being, without digging into the Bible and, and, what it, and what it has to say to us. And then when we realize is when we're object together, when we actually bring out the instructions, we're able to complete the task and the task of living a godly life and living a life pleasing to God. So, and then um, I want to share this, I want to show this video. Do you have that video ready? And then I'll, I'll go a little bit further. This video is a group of kids doing an experiment where they're holding on to an electric fence, and they're all on top of insulators. No, to them it seems like a good idea, correct? Well, we'll go ahead, we'll go ahead and watch the video. Can you, now, I, I would like to show that video over again, but whenever, be ready to pause it when I say pause. Can, can, can you guys do that? Is there a way to do that or no? Is there? Okay, I'll give you guys a second. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I got it. Okay. Pause. Can you pause it there? 
what, what does he say? He said, yes, I'm safe. Now, to kind of illustrate this, the power of God is the fence. As we grasp on to the power of God, we're doing good, right? We're, we seem like we're doing good. We're, we're digging into God's word. We're experiencing God more and more. We're figuring out God's character. As we're holding on to the fence, we're doing okay because the, the ground, the ground is the world. It's, it's the worldly thing. Now, if we're above the world and we're living a godly life and we're not affected by the things of this world. Now, continue to play it a little bit more, please. Okay, you can, you, you can pause it there, okay. Now, as we grow in our faith, when we experience the power of God, we want to share it with others, correct? Because that's what we're, as Christians, we're called to do, is when we experience the love and the kindness and, and the grace and the power of God, we, we, it gets built up in us to the point where it kind of starts to overflow. And when it overflows, that's when we spread the good news of Christ. And as you see, they're, they're not touching the world. They're not touching the ground. So they're not affected by things of this world. So you can go ahead and play it again. Okay, go ahead. Pause it there. All right. Whoever the guy was, I don't know what they said the guy's name was, but he is, well, I, I paused it. He's getting ready to hold the hand of the next person. But this guy is on the ground. He's of this world. And the godly power, God's power and his, his Holy Spirit is within us as we're above the world and we're not touching this world because we're, we're digging into God. We're experiencing God more and more. So go ahead and play it. Go ahead and play it. Pause. When God's power, I know this is kind of silly, but when God's power touches this earth, something happens. It can be a shock like this. It can cause a little stir. It can cause a little crazy. But the great thing is it's not a bad crazy. It's a good crazy. Because when God's power touches this earth and when God sent his son to, to live on this earth, it caused the ruckus, did it not? It, it caused an issue because when Jesus was here, the religious people didn't like him. They said, well, what is he doing? His work is demonic. He's, he's healing these people, but it, it's of demons. It, it's not of Christ. And when God touches this earth, like I said, it, it causes a boom. You know, when, when we accept God into our lives, it causes a boom in our life, does it not? And when, when we accept God and we say, God, you know, I, I want you to be the master. I want you to be the leader of our lives, my, my life, it, it causes something in us. You can see something different about that person. Because, you know, um, at youth camp, there was a speaker, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, you guys know, one of my hands-down favorite speakers of all time. But, you know, and you could tell that someone that, you say, walks in the Spirit, as, you know, we all walk in the Spirit as the Spirit's within us, you could feel something different. You could feel an aura, an aura, aura, however you say that. You can feel that around him because you know, you can tell when somebody, you can, you can kind of tell, you know what I mean? You can kind of see it. But whenever we, when we experience God and we get to know God more and more, it, it, it creates a boom in our life. And when God comes in, it 
creates a boom, and then that boom expands. Because remember, we experience God's love, and we, we ask and we get filled with more and more of God, then it overflows. And when we allow God's power and God's love to overflow from us, people know something about it. People know what's going on. They understand that there's something, something different about that person. You can, you can tell that there's, that there's something, yeah, like I said, there's something different about them. And you can press play and, and continue this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the, the illustration that I wanted to show that when we get filled with God's power and when we experience the power of God, it, it changes something as we begin to link hands and we begin to you know, link arms and we, we grow as brothers and sisters in Christ and encourage each other that something happens as it extends out and that a chain extends out because it, it's kind of like when, when one person gets saved, how many close friends does that person have? We all have at least maybe four or five, some more, some less, depends how sociable you are kind of a thing or other people like you, you know, but... Um, you have your group of friends, okay? So, like, say I get, uh, I, I'm, I'm saved. I, I, I've experienced God's love, and say I meet Maria for the first time, and I say, you know, hi, how are you? Well, I meet her and my other friends. Well, there's one, two, three, four, five people right here. Say they're my closest friends. Well, when I meet them, and, and I share the power of God, and I share the love of God, they experience that. They may not recognize what it is. They may, may, may not understand what it is. But then maybe say one of them gets saved. Then they have five other close friends. They have, friend, they have acquaintances. They have good friends, semi-good friends, people that they know. But the great thing is when one person gets saved and one person experiences the power and the love of God, it creates a boom, like I said. And as it booms, it spreads, and it can go from each person to each person as we plug into their lives, how Jesus did. You know, Jesus built relationships with his disciples. He didn't just, it wasn't just acquaintance, they weren't just acquaintance, they were good friends of Jesus. So as we, we experience God more and more in the power of God, it begins to work in our lives and begins to work in other people's lives. So, this, uh, to shift gears, we talk about the, the power of God and what it can do for us. We'll talk about the call of God. Now, this, when I was pr- praying at youth camp, again, God gave me this, this, this section of what he, uh, I felt like he was saying what I, would, what I should preach upon. And I, until I really dug into it and experienced what Peter is, is trying to say here, he says in um, verse 10, I'll, I'll skip uh, 5 through 9, but he says here in verse 10, Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling an election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the internal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, he says here, be all the more eager to make your calling an election sure. We're all called to do something by God. Whether it be full-time ministry Part, really no part-time ministry. You're in the ministry kind of a thing. Whether being called to full-time ministry or say when you get saved whenever you're older, God calls you to be right there and he takes you where you're at so that you can share the love of God. But he says, be sure of your calling in your election. 
not be hmm about it, you know, like, I don't know, but being sure, knowing what you're being called to do and what God is calling you to do. As Christians, I'll, I'll ask a question. What, what are we called to do as Christians? You guys can be, just shout something out. What, what, as Christians, what are we called to do? Anybody? Say it loud. I'm hard of hearing. Disciples? Yeah, we're discipleship, right? Anybody else? What are, what are we called to do? Don't be afraid to say anything. I'm up here speaking. Love. Show love, right? Experience love, right? Anything else? What are we called to do as Christians? Share your testimony. Exactly. Anything else? I keep going. Anybody else want to share? It's okay to talk. What's that? Yeah, exactly, to mature spiritually. We're called to do many things. But there's a difference for acknowledging those callings upon our life and being sure of them and applying those in our life. The Great Commission it talks about, and I think it's Matthew, right? Go ye unto the world and spread the good news of Christ. That's the shortened version because I don't know the exact, exact wording. But God calls us to share our testimony, to make disciples. Francis Chan, who I'm a really big fan of, Jose's a really big fan of Francis Chan, um, his, his church is really neat. What he does is every morning he speaks, they do worship. This is all maybe it takes place in an hour. They do it early in the morning. They have a worship session, and he does maybe a 15, 20-minute sermon. And then the rest of the time, they go, and they're in San Francisco, like downtown San Francisco, like a, a pretty rough area. And they go and they knock on people's doors. Now, people are like, I don't want to do that. Like, I mean, what if we get rejected? But Francis Chan is trying to say that we're called to make disciples. Because as we experience God and we understand God's love for us, why would we not want to share that? I mean, does that make sense? What I'm saying is because when we experience that, why, why wouldn't we want someone else to experience that? You know, and, and for my life personally, just to just talk about me for like a second, you know, I, I felt like God's saying is he's calling me to the ministry and to, and to be a pastor. You know, I'm attending Valley Forge Christian College along with my friend here, Maria, to um, pursue a degree in youth ministry. And I remember when I was uh, younger, this was about ninth grade, when, when I felt the calling. And I was like, I don't know the first thing about preaching at all. Like, I know Pastor McGee preaches up there, and my dad preaches once in a while, but I don't know how to do that. Like, how can I talk for that long? Otherwise, I talk nonstop. But, um, you know, and I I was worried, and I said, you know, I kind of dismissed it. You know, and I had plans last year of attending Evangel University to become a physical therapist because I remember saying is, how am I going to afford Valley Forge at $25,000 a year? That's a lot of money, and especially on a pastor's salary, you don't make big bucks being a pastor kind of thing, but that's okay, you know, that's perfectly fine. But I, w- I was thinking, you know, how, how am I going to be able to pay for this? You know, how am I going to be able to pursue this? So I kind of gave up. I-, I didn't, you know, have faith in God. And I remember my, my junior year whenever I was at Fine Arts and I was doing my guitar solo at, at, at Districts. And as I was up there playing and I got done, I thought that it went fairly well. I was pretty pleased with the performance and I was, I was walking out and I was getting my stuff together, my family and my friends and you guys, you know, kind of like all left. And um, I was going out to meet him, and a guy comes up to me, and he's like, hi. I was like, hey, how are you? You know, I don't know this guy. And he says, you're Evan, right? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, man, I was from Valley Forge, and I want to talk to an Evan. 
And he's like, wait, did you just perform? I said, yeah. I said, well, what's your name? I said, Ethan. Oh, he said, hi, I'm uh, the assistant director from the Valley Forge Music Department. I'd like to offer you a scholarship from the school. And at that point, I mean, like, my jaw was, I was like, what? Like, and at that point, you know, I said, God, let your will be done in my life. I'll go to Valley Forge and do what you want me to do. And like Peter says, be sure of your calling. Be sure of what you are called to do. Because when God says, have faith in me, you may not know what the situation is or how you're going to be able to get out of this situation or, you know, how you're going to be able to dig yourself out. God says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Put your faith in me and love me and, and get into my word and get to know me, who I am personally, and I'll take care of the rest. You know, I think that's such a great thing. And, and they talked about it. The, the, the theme this year for fine arts was um, the race. And um, I, I preached about it, how there was a story of um, Derek Redman, I think his name was. It was the early 90s Olympics or late 80s. I'm not quite sure. He was, um, it was the Olympics, and he was favored to win one of the, the sprinting competitions, and um, he was heavily seated, and he began to take off, and the gunshot went, and he took maybe 10 strides, excuse me, and he tore his ACL, collapsed, and, and the whole crowd went completely silent. Like, it was kind of like, everybody's like, <gasps> and all of a sudden you hear, wait, 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 and you see this guy, <laughs> but louder and cooler, and he's running, barreling down the stands, and, and the security guards are stopping him. He says, no, you, you, sir, you can't go out. It, it, there's a race going. I said, no, I need to go get my son, and it was Derek Redmond's father, and as he's running down the stairs, he goes to his son, and he grabs his son, and he said, let's finish this race together, and I thought that was like the coolest thing ever, but it's also the same thing with God, is when we trip up, we fall, we're injured, God's right there beside, of, beside us saying, hey, let me, let me help you. Take my hand. Let's do this together. And as we go about our calling and spreading the good news of Christ, God's right there along with us, embracing us and carrying us along with him. And, and it says here, later on, it says, and you will receive a rich welcome into the internal kingdom of the Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we walk hand in hand with God and we're sure of our calling and when we dig into what God has to say and, and we embrace him, your ultimate goal and your gift is being with God forever in heaven. And uh, can, can you go ahead and just play that song? And I, I want to move towards the uh, tail end of my sermon here. Uh, the last part is, you know, it says the power of the call and how to dance in it. Um, some of you, I'm a huge Jesus culture fan. I, <laughs> I love Jesus culture. They're like one of my favorite all-time bands. Like, I love Jesus culture. They're so awesome. And um, this song, Dance With Me, and um, it, it talks about saying, God, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, okay, let's, let's dance together. And um, I, need, I need some help up here. I need... Uh, Tiffany, can you come up here and help me, please? Because my friend Tiffany, she, she dances, and she made some nationals for fine arts with her, with her dance. And I, I'm sorry to embarrass you, Tiff, but I had to. You came to visit me, so I have to embarrass you. Now, when we have these two things together, the power and the call, and it says how to dance in it. When we're with God, I'm, gonna, I'm really going to embarrass you on this one. You take my hand, like you're going to dance. Like you're going to dance with somebody, and you're going to dance. And as you hold them hand in hand, it's kind of like God. And when we, <laughs> when we hold the hand of God 
and we're holding on to God, and we experience both things, the power and the calling, as we pursue these together, we begin to dance together like this. And as, as you're dancing together as friends, and, and you love God, and God loves you, as, as you embrace him and he embraces you, when you're getting ready to go about your calling of what God has called you to do, and when you have the power of Christ in you, <laughs> um, you're, you're going in this together. So as you're walking and dancing along with the things of life, God's right there with you. And this is pretty funny. I had to embarrass you. But, you know, when, when we experience the power and we, when we, we go about our calling, the great thing is, is when God's right there with us, he's saying, let's go hand in hand and dance in this together. And we're dancing and we're going about the things of this life because God doesn't let us go. I'm not going to let go of her hand because it's just going to embarrass her, you know. But, you know, is God and I, or we, uh, us and God, we, when we go hand in hand, hand in hand together with God, he's right there along with you. So in case you trip up and you fall backwards, God grabs you and brings you right back up because he's right there hand in hand with God. So thank you. I, I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Thank you very much. Give her a round of applause. Thank you. This is kind of an, an illustration, you know, when we begin to dance with God. And as the song said, you know, dance with me, God. And when we have, I mean, some people don't realize or never really get to see what the, the power of God, the true power of God and what power he has. We were at um, youth camp last year, and there was a girl. I don't, do you remember the disease that she had? It was not like several palsy, but some disease where it handicapped her, and she was, and she was really weakening, and she couldn't do a whole lot. And I remember Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He said, God has power to heal. Jesus came and healed people on this earth. He brought Lazarus back to dead. So I'm pretty sure he can heal anything. I know that he can heal anything. But what he was saying is, he says, when we have the power of Christ in us, we're not like we have just a little smidge and we can do stuff here and there, but it's actually believing what God, believing what God can do in our lives. Because when we have the power of God, when the Holy Spirit comes into us, we have the power to heal people, and we have the power to change people's life, because when we go about our calling, and we share the good news of Christ, people experience that. I mean, there's nothing greater, especially moving to Wimber, and as sad as it, I'm moving to Pleasantville, I should say, you know, I was here 10 years, you know, I grew up in this church, little guys, I remember me and Miller, man, we were like wee little guys growing up, you know, and at that time when I was younger, I, I didn't get a chance to see the growth in the church and the change of people in the church. But n- now that I'm in Pleasantville and I'm older and I went into, you're around halfway through my junior year, I was able to experience change in people. Or maybe it was 10, 15 people in a Sunday morning. Not that numbers matter, but it, it was pretty slim pickings kind of a thing. And you see people begin to grow in their faith and come out of their shell. You know, as people are, you know, we're singing their worship and music, and they're just kind of like, you know, chilling, you know, relaxing. But then you see people begin to grow. And as we begin to build relationships with them and they see God in us, then we begin to see God in them as they grow in their faith. And then it, it's, it's so cool because when they grow, they begin to worship God and dig into his word and know God's character. You see them bringing people to church then too. There was one guy who hadn't been to church there in forever, and he came back, and then he started bringing his cousins. And they started bringing more friends, and it becomes, like in the video, it says they're hand in hand in the power of God. And as they step onto this earth, when Jesus came to this earth, it was a boom. You know? <laughs> and 
it created a ruckus, but a good ruckus. So people, it's <laughs> a funny word, um, but it, it created something different. So what I'm trying to say here is when we experience the power of God and we get to know God and understand what he can do for us and what he can do for other people, we realize the calling upon our lives, the call to spread the gospel of Christ and to show people the love of God. And we're also called to grow ourselves. You can never reach a point where you're okay spiritually because when you think you're okay spiritually, you're in for a world of hurt. Because when you think you're okay with God, then you're, you're, you, need, you can only grow. You can only experience more and more of God. So we're called to spread the gospel of Christ, but also called to grow ourselves. And it talks about in um, Ecclesiastes how our life is worth nothing if we don't serve God. Because the ultimate goal is heaven, but if we don't know God and we don't make disciples and grow ourselves, if we don't know God, it's, it's hell. I mean, it's, it's, it's true, and it's tough to say people don't talk about it a lot, but I mean, hell is not a pleasant place at all. <laughs> the burning lake of fire, it's eternal burning and extreme pain we couldn't even imagine here on earth. But the great thing about God is when we experience God and understand who God is and we get to know him more and more, our ending place is heaven. And that's, that's such, such a cool thing, you know. So and I just wanted to, you know, close in this and say that, you know, this is kind of like sound mushy-gushy, but, you know, I appreciate what the people, you guys here at my family at Wimber, I have two church families. <laughs> I have my family in Pleasantville and I have my family in Wimber. Just because I'm down in Pleasantville doesn't mean I'm you know, any different friendship-wise or relationship-wise with, with you guys, you know, and I appreciate what you guys have done in my life and what you guys do as a church. It's, it's cool, you know, and it's just neat to see new faces in here. Every time, I, every time I come to church, you see somebody new and people being, you know, more consistent. It's neat. So I, you know, I just want to say thank you as, as a church for giving me this opportunity to be able to preach, you know, and uh, at least attempt to preaching kind of a thing, get me uh, a little bit of practice, you know. But um, I, I really do appreciate for what you guys do, and you guys don't know what you guys do because you guys are awesome, you know. So, you know, I'll be off at college, you know, send me cookies or something like that. Send me something in the mail. Love to hear from everybody, you know. But, um, yeah, I do, I do appreciate what you guys do, you know, especially with helping out from my trip to nationals last year. I mean, it's, it's expensive going to nationals, you know. And without you guys, it, it wouldn't have been possible. So I thank you guys as a church and to all my friends here, you know, thank you, you know, personally for changing my life and, um, allowing me to do this, you know, this is something that I love to do, I'm getting slowly but surely better at it, you know, but um, something that I truly love to do, and I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to do this, so if we could uh, just close in prayer, and then we'll go about our business that night, so Lord, we thank you, I thank you for, you know, this opportunity to be able to preach, and we thank you for your power that you instill upon us, and that we are called to live a higher life, and we pray that you would just fill us with more and more of your Holy Spirit as we begin to experience you, God, that we want to share that with other people, and we thank you for your grace and your mercy, God, and we pray that as we go about our everyday lives, as we go into this week, I pray that people would notice something different about us in our, in our workplace, and they'll realize there's something different about him. Pray that you would just give us the strength to share our faith, God, and we thank you for that, and I thank you for the people here 
and how awesome they are and how they love you so much, God. And we thank you and I pray that you would just be with them in every step of their lives and we know that you will, God. In your name, amen. So thank you guys. I very much appreciate it. There's the song. <laughs> hmm? Are we kind of just kind of done? We're good? All right, cool. <laughs>